Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So we're going to continue in the word where Pastor Matt left off two weeks ago before Thanksgiving. And I love how, he, how he's really taken this expository approach to the word of God line by line, verse by verse. So we're all going to look this way for just a moment. I want you to just to lean in in the spirit, lean in with all you've got tonight because I believe God has a word for you. Tonight I want to talk about how to find your purpose. Would you look at someone next to you and do what you hate to do and those crazy preachers do that? Say, how to find your purpose. So we're going to talk about that. And now we're going to jump into Romans, Romans chapter 12. I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified and some other versions tonight. But Romans chapter 12. And so I want to give you some context, a big picture look of where we're going. And then I'm going to shut up and let you sit down. And then I'll keep talking, okay? Romans was written about 2,000 years ago by a guy named Paul, okay? So in 30 AD, Jesus died. He died on a cross. And then Jesus was resurrected. That was about 30 AD. Within about 50 days, they had the day of Pentecost. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit came down. So 27 years later, Paul is in Corinth. It's all the Roman Empire at that time. Like we had the United States, they had the Roman Empire. So he's in Corinth. That's modern-day Greece. And he's writing a letter to the people in Rome, to the Christians in Rome. Now, they, they had already had the opportunity to, to be born again. So these are Christians. They also already had the day of Pentecost. So people were already experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he's writing this letter to them, and Romans... As you go through this with Pastor Matt, and we talk about this for the rest of the month, what it is is it's the ABCs of Christianity. Romans is a phenomenal book, okay? So he's speaking to them, and so that foundation they had, they didn't have the Bible like we have it now, but they had salvation and they had the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So as we get into this tonight, I want to encourage you to turn your life over to Jesus, and I want to encourage you to study up and to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so you can receive everything that God provided for the early church so you can have that in your life. And if you've already got all that, guess what? You are primed and ready for this message tonight. So Romans 12, 2 through 3, we're talking about how to find your purpose. Somebody say purpose. purpose. All right. Romans 12, 2 through 3, would you help me read this? It's in the Amplified Version, which breaks it down a little more. So we're going to start with verse 2. This is where Pastor Matt was. And we're going to go through this process. It's a three-step process that Paul gives us on how to find our purpose, starting with renewing your mind, seeing yourself as God sees you, and then by faith stepping into your purpose. We'll get to that in just a second. Romans 12, 2 in the Amplified. Let's read it. One, two, three. Let's read. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Now verse 3. For by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think. But to think so as to have sound judgment as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. So everything God does in your life to lead you toward is to lead you toward the purpose he has for you and through you to other people. 
Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you because you love us and you have a word for us tonight. And we thank you, Lord God, because you are still good. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we love you. We praise you. We humble ourselves before you. Speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. So one of the most famous writers of the last 200 years in the United States was a guy named Mark Twain. Mark Twain wrote those uh, famous books about Huckleberry Finn and, uh, you know, Tom Sawyer. And they've made movies of those over the years. So Mark Twain said this. It's a phenomenal quote he had on purpose. He said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. You know, one of, uh, it's Christmas time, and as you see, everything's decorated like Christmas. And during this year, I am a, this time of year, I'm what you call a Christmas junkie. Like any Christmas party someone's having, I want to be invited. Any Christmas event, I want to show up and have some hot cocoa. I'm like, uh, I'm like Tim Allen on the Christmas, you know, the Santa Claus movies. Every time he goes to the house, he's drinking milk and having cookies. I love Christmas. I love Christmas songs. I'm, man, I'm listening to Frank Sinatra and all these great, you know, they sing it the best, right? So I love Christmas. And one of my favorite movies of all time that's something I watch just about every year is the movie It's a Wonderful Life. It, show, it shows up on, it, it always shows up on TV this time of year. I love that movie. The guy, the actor in that movie was a guy named Jimmy Stewart. And interestingly enough, he was actually stationed at the Army Air Base in 1943 uh, to get his 100 hours of flight time in so that he could go fight, fight in World War II. But a few years after he was in Hobbes, he made a movie called It's a Wonderful Life. And this movie's about a guy named George Bailey. And George Bailey is, he's a hometown banker. He's got a little business. He has a hometown bank and he's always helping people, low interest loans so they can realize their purpose and dream of having their own home. He's always putting people before him. He helps his wife, his kids, people in the community. But one day something bad happens. His uncle loses a lot of money and they think they're going to go under. And after this whole lifetime of giving and giving and giving, he comes to a place like some of us come to in our lives. He kind of wonders, what was it all for? Did I serve a purpose? Would anybody miss me if I died today? And he's so sick of everything, he decides to end it all. So there's this scene in the movie where he goes up to this massive bridge and it's this massive height, super tall, and there's this uh, flowing river at the bottom and he wants to jump off the bridge and kill himself and end it all. And he's crying, he's struggling, it's a great moment in the movie. But then God sends an angel named Clarence. And the angel comes in and the angel hears him because he says, he says something along the lines, no one would ever miss me. My life has no purpose. What, I wish I were never born and all this. And the, what the angel does to help him find his purpose, he walks through with George Bailey to let him see a day where he wasn't born. And the effect that would have on other people's lives. And during that day, he comes to find out, he sees the, the, his wife and he sees, he sees that he has no kids and the joy that he would have missed out on. He sees all these people that had homes because of him that don't have homes now. They live in shacks and in shanties and things. And then he sees because he wasn't born, he wasn't there to save his brother's life who went on to become a war hero in World War I and saved all these soldiers' life. That never happened, so all those soldiers died. 
So he comes to the end of the movie and he starts to see that he had purpose and that his life had meaning. And so at the very end of the movie, he comes in. He's so grateful just to see his wife again. He's so grateful just to see his kids and he's crying and he's so happy. And everybody comes in and they're helping him out and they're bringing him money to help him. And his brother comes in from the war and he says, he says to my brother, and he makes this, you know, he says to my brother, the richest man in town. And it wasn't because of money. It was because he had purpose that he didn't see until the angel showed him. Somebody say purpose. So point number one, we're going to jump back into Romans 12 too. You can t- if you're taking notes or if you're like our students, they take pictures of the screen. That's okay. Romans 12 2, first point is, if you want to move toward the purpose God has for you, the first thing is renew your mind. Someone say renew your mind. Romans 12 2 says this. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. So renewing your mind. This should happen every day. Now, especially if you're a morning person. But every day before work, before school, before the kids, sometimes I'm with Camila early in the morning, so I have to, I'm having my quiet time in bed seeking the Lord. But this place of renewing your mind, this is the place of intimate time between you and God. It's a time of prayer where you seek God's face. It doesn't have to be all fancy and Billy Graham-like or like the, ancient, the, you know, the Anglican church or anything. You can talk to God just as real as you talk to your friends. Renewing your mind, this is a place of intentionally filling your mind with the word of God. What we tell our students, a daily Bible reading plan. This, is the place of re- this place of renewing your mind is a place where you exchange your thoughts for God's thoughts. Because when you begin to change the way you think in reading the word and spending time with God in prayer, when you change the way you think, you change how you see yourself and how you see the world. It's the first step in moving toward your purpose is what Paul shows us. You've heard that story, and I pulled it offline. Um, There was one Sunday afternoon, there's this cranky grandpa. And uh, he goes to visit his family, and as he's laying down taking a nap, he has this mischievous grandson that walks up to him and decides to get the stinky Limburger cheese. And he puts it on his grandfather's mustache, just all up in it, his grandfather's sleeping. So the grandpa, the grandpa soon wakes up with a snort, and he charges out of the bedroom, and he's like, man, this bedroom stinks. And he runs to the other room, and he said, this room stinks. And he runs to the kitchen, he's like, the kitchen stinks. And then he runs outside, and he still has the Limburger cheese on his face, and he's like, the whole world stinks. And isn't that how we are? When we haven't been in that, that intimate time with God and his word and prayer, we, even as Christians, we struggle. We get so negative. Our mind gets so unrenewed. You say, how often do we need to be renewed? Uh, last Sunday I came to church. No, no, no. We need it every day. Every day I wake up, my hair's crazy. I gotta, if you think it looks crazy now, this is, this is after I've been working on it, man, like a lot. And so I got to do that with my mind too every day in the word of God and prayer. So as I'm changing the way I think and spending time with God in the word and prayer, it changes how I see myself. And then it changes how I see other people. It changes how I see my bosses. It changes how I see politicians. I'm not mad at Biden. I'm not mad at Michelle Lujan Grisham. I'm not mad at Trump. 
I'm not mad at any of them. They're not my source. Jesus is. And when I'm spending time with God, I realize that more and more. I'm not a victim. God gives me the same opportunities he gives everybody else. And because I have Jesus living inside of me and I'm baptized in the spirit of God, I can do whatever it is that God's called me to do because he empowers me to do that. And so can you. So the first point is renew your mind. That's something anybody can do. The second point is, and this is the natural progression of spending time with God. The second point is, see yourself as God sees you. Romans 12, 3, in the beginning part of that verse, it says this. And this is Paul talking. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to you. For by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself or herself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. About 1,900 years ago, there was a Roman emperor named Marcus Aurelius. He was a phenomenal uh, leader in the Roman Empire. Uh, he was also a philosopher. If you've ever seen the movie Gladiator, Richard Harris plays Marcus Aurelius. You remember the dad of Commodus, you know, the honorable emperor? Well, he said this, and it lines up with the word. A man's life is what his thoughts make of it. Proverbs 23, 7 says this. It was in the New King James Version. It was, uh, it was King Solomon. He says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. You could also say, for as she thinks in, in her heart, so is she. The word will change the way you think, and this changes how you see yourself and how you see others. A famous American writer named Ralph Waldo Emerson, he said this, a man is what he thinks about all day long. Ladies, what you think about all day long is what you are. You ever gotten in fights with somebody in your mind before you ever saw them? In your mind, you're brushing your hair, and you're like, oh, my God, yeah. And you get all this fight, and they just go, hey. And you're like, oh, yeah, hey. Oh, mm-hmm. I've done, I've done that. I know you probably have, too. What you th a, a man and a woman is what he or she thinks about all day long. When you've been spending time with God in his presence and in his word, he'll help you to see yourself as he sees you. Out of the intimate place with God, you can see yourself from, from a position of being secure, understanding that you're loved and that God created you to be powerful, extraordinary, and unique. As you renew your mind with the word and see yourself as God sees you, you, you begin to see your weaknesses and you see your challenges in life as opportunities to grow toward your destiny, to grow toward your purpose, not insurmountable obstacles. When you've been renewing your mind in the word of God and spending time with Jesus, and then you'll begin to see yourself as God sees you, and then guess what? You'll eradicate insecurity in your life. You'll wipe out jealousy. You'll stop worrying about their gifts and their talents and what they have, and you start going, man, I got a father in heaven. That's what I got. You'll begin to live secure. You'll know that God has love for you. You'll understand God gives everybody gifts, you included. When you see yourself as God sees you, you'll understand that passage in Philippians 4.13 where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or Romans 8.37 where it says, no, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. In that movie, Aquila and the Bee with Lawrence Fishburne, it's one of the great movies. There's this scene in the movie where he, he has this quote from Marianne Williamson that I love. Check it out. This is very biblical. He says, our, she said, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It's our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? 
You are a child of God, and your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened, nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're all meant to shine as children to you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. I heard a story about this couple. And this, he was a seminary professor. And he was in Tennessee. And uh, he went with his wife. And they were in Tennessee and they were eating at this little breakfast place. And all of a sudden, this classy uh, older gentleman walks in. He starts saying hi to everybody, and this guy's like, man, I've been around students all semester. I hope he doesn't come say hi. I just want to be left alone. Anybody ever felt like that? You're like, yeah, today. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the guy comes over and sits down. He's like, hey, man. He sits down. He's like, hey, you guys from out of town? What are you doing? He said, I'm a seminary professor. He's like, oh, you teach preachers how to preach and teach. Oh, let me tell you a story. He said, I knew of a kid, a kid down in the country over here in Tennessee, and this kid this kid used to go to church every Sunday. And he would go to church and he loved hearing the preacher preach. He felt so good at church. He felt so loved. He felt so welcomed and accepted. But he always left before the preacher in the service because he didn't have a dad and he didn't want anybody asking about it because he felt very insecure about it. So he'd always leave. But one day, the service was so anointed and so powerful, this kid just got lost. He got lost in the message, and he felt like God touched him, and he was so happy. But before he knew it, the service ended, and people started coming out. And he was trying to slip out of the service because he didn't want anybody to ask him about his dad. So he's walking out, and the preacher had never really had a chance to talk to him because the kid always left before church was over. And he said, hey, son. Man, he said, I'm so glad to see you here today. He said, who's your daddy? And then in that moment, some people around, they felt the awkwardness of the moment. And they could feel that this kid felt very embarrassed. But that pastor had the discernment that only the Holy Spirit could give. And he said, wait a minute. I recognize you. I know who your daddy is. He said, you got a father in heaven who loves you. That's your daddy. I can see the resemblance. He said, that's a great inheritance. Go and enjoy that inheritance, young man. And he slapped him on the shoulder and went his way. And after telling the story that seminary, with that seminary professor in that little restaurant, that man said, isn't that a great story? He said, that story was about me. He said, I was that boy. He said, isn't that great? And he got up and walked out of the restaurant, and the seminary professor, they, he, he, asked somebody, he asked the waitress, he said, who is that? Who is that? That man that just came and told us that story. That was amazing. Wow. And he said, that's Ben Hooper. He's the governor of the state of Tennessee. Let me tell you something, man. When you see yourself as God sees you, you will change, literally change the world around you. So it's so important to renew your mind. It's so important to see yourself as God sees you. And then it gets to that next part where you grow your faith. That's the third point, grow your faith. Romans 12, 3 says this, For by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself and of his importance and ability than he ought to think. But to think so as to have sound judgment as God is apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. Now, this is that part where we see that God gives everybody the measure of faith. When you're a born-again Christian, you get as much as anybody else. Black, white, brown, purple, doesn't matter. Mom, dad, parents, whatever, nothing, poor, rich, uh, Middle Eastern, Asian, South American, Mexican, what doesn't matter, Canadian, God gives everybody the measure of faith. Now is our opportunity to do something with that faith. We can grow it and take God at his word as much as we can, as much as we want to. 
See, as born-again believers, we have that measure of faith to experience the blessings of the covenant. And when you've been renewing your mind in God's presence and seeing yourself as God sees you, now you can step into God's best by growing your faith. And you do this by speaking the word and stepping out in faith to live God's purpose for the world around you. Mark eleven twenty three 23 says this, because sometimes we wonder, well, how do I act on my faith? I believe God's word. How do I grow it? Act? Well, you act, you, you've got to speak it and you act on it. If I went to the gym with coach and I said, man, if I lift that weight right there, uh, 100 pounds and bench, I could do that every day and continue growing and get better and stronger. Yeah, I could and walk out. That's not going to do me any good. I got to actually act on that and lift it. So look what it says in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. This is Jesus talking about how you can activate your faith. He said, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that, that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Speak the word. That's what you do with your faith. You're a born again Christian. You got faith. It might be as small as a grain of mustard seed. Get that bad boy and do something with it. Do something with what you got. There's a lot of things. Man, I wasn't born into Donald Trump's family, but I was born into my family. And I have a, I'm a child of God just like anybody else. So I'm going to do something with my faith. I'm going to speak the word, and I'm going to believe God, and I'm going to act on the word. And when God speaks to me, I'm going to step out in faith and make myself uncomfortable sometimes. And for some of us, that doesn't have to be that big a deal. You're like, what does it mean to step out in faith? Why don't you get a pecan pie? or a bag of cookies and a gospel track and go next door to your neighbor's house and tell them that God loves them and you just wanted to bring that to them because you care about them. If somebody did that to me, I'd take what they got. It's not that hard to step out in faith. Many years ago, in around 1991, we were separated from a denomination because we believe that the, what the Bible says in, in the gospels in the book of Acts, that God still does it. And so during that time, we were in an old building two blocks from here and pastor was praying and believing God he'd been renewing his mind spending time with God seeing himself as God sees him and he was speaking the word in faith and God spoke to him to believe God for a debt-free building well it got back to him the old denomination was talking smack some of you raised on south side like me you know when people are talking smack or you hear about it yeah you're like what well he heard about that he said no that's all right I'm just going to believe God and God blessed us with this land and property here that was a big deal back then because we, didn't have the, we weren't looking to a denomination or anybody else for support. We just had to look to God, and God provided us with this. On a, on a, a more conservative estimate, it's probably all the land and property here, maybe $12 million. On a more, um, you know, maybe a higher estimate, maybe 25 or $30 million to rebuild and do all this that we've done in this property. But over the years, thousands of people have been able to experience their purpose in life from this house because... There was a man and a woman, my mom, who decided that they were going to take God at his word. They were going to spend time with him. They were going to renew their minds. They were going to pay that price every day. And they were going to see themselves not as looking for, to men or women for provision. They were going to look to God for provision. And then they were going to step out in faith. And you can do the same thing. God can work in your life like Pastor Fabian or Billy Graham or Oral Roberts or any of these other guys. God can work in your life. Just as much if you'll take him at his word. You have an inheritance like Ben Hooper has. 
You have an inheritance. You're a child of God. And you can, you can step into your purpose that God has for you. Because your purpose, when you find it out, it's not just for you. It's for God to work through you to show others they have purpose too. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. Thank you because you love us. God, I just pray that you'd pour out your love on every person in this house right now. Show them your goodness. With every head bowed, every, nobody looking around, if you need to recommit your life to Jesus to get saved or to come back to a close relationship with Jesus, just raise your hand. Let me pray for you tonight. If that's you, you say, man, I, I want that. Thank you so much. Yeah, just raise your, there you go. Just raise it and you can bring it right back down. I'm going to just take about nine more seconds. You say, man, I need to come back to an intimate, close relationship with God. Thank you. you say, man, I want to start that tonight. If that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can raise your hand real high and then bring it right back down. We're going to pray. Let's all pray together. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me. Today I come home. I repent of my sin and I turn back to you. I thank you because I have a purpose. You have purpose for me. And I can live a life of greatness. Forgive me for my sins. Jesus, I come back to you. Save me. Be my Lord and God. Come into my heart. Help me to serve you and to live for you. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? If you're able, stand with me. Lift a hand with me. Lift a hand with me and let's just take a moment to commit our lives to the purpose of God. Would you pray this with me? Say, Father God, thank you that you have a purpose for me. Help me to renew my mind, to spend time with you every day. Change me. Help me to be like you. Help me to see myself the way you see me. Loved, forgiven accepted, free, secure. And Lord, help me to grow my faith, to speak the word. Help me to act on your word. Use me for your glory. Thank you that I have purpose in Jesus' name.